become a change maker in the health industry today. Enroll for the functional nutrition course and become an internationally recognized expert on the vitalistic philosophy of food and nutrition with our friends at the Functional Nutritional Academy. Register now and receive a six-week bonus accreditation course providing you with the business tools to start and grow your own business and get a whopping $1,000 discount. So don't delay, start your healthcare career today at thewellnesscouch.com forward slash functional. That's thewellnesscouch.com forward slash functional. This edition of 100 Not Out is proudly brought to you by our 2018 longevity experience to the Greek island of Ikaria. Known as the island where people forget to die, Ikarians experience 80% less dementia, 50% less cancer, and 20% less heart disease, and live longer than anyone else on the planet. To find out why this is and experience Ikaria for yourself, come join myself, Damien Christoph, and an intimate group of like-minded souls for an all-inclusive 9-night, 10-day life-changing immersion. Watch the highlights video, get all of your info, and apply on over at 100notout.com. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly podcast dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Pierce, and as always, it gives me great pleasure to bring on the fabulous co-founder of The Wellness Couch and The Wellness Guys. He is anything but obese. He is Dr. Damien Christoph. <laughs> hello, oh slim one. Oh, hello, Marcus Pierce. Great to be with you. Great this to be with you again. This is... Uh, oh, yeah. I'm great. I'm wonderful. I am jumping... Um, uh, what am I, jumping out of my skin, jumping through the roof, jumping through all of those wonderful things? Um, yes. haven't had a coffee. Um, I'm, I haven't actually left home this morning as we record this because I'm going out this afternoon for an incredible social event. I'm catching up with my uh, father-in-law, Rob, and Sarah's two brothers, and we are just having some man time, social time. Nice. We're not playing golf. We're not doing anything where you play and like you don't talk. We're going to go gonna sip a latte down. and pretend to be men. We might even actually it. sip on a beer, Ooh, um, like or a it. wine, and we might have some lunch. Yep. And we're just gonna we're just gonna sit and chat. And so haven't haven't ducked out this morning. Um, but uh, I, I'm I'm pumped to talk with you about a number of things. I mean, I just. We do miss each other, Damo. We don't get to see each other as much as, you know, we'd probably like to. But this 100 Not Out is really the – it's the foundation of our friendship in many ways. It's the way we get to connect. It's where we <laughs> get to have <laughs> our deep it's and meaningful so – it, it is. And we oh, get to oh. just dive into the, the big conversations. And um, we are coming up in the next couple of weeks going to have some wonderful conversations with some um, – incredible human beings that are coming with us to Ikaria in 2018. And I have no doubt, knowing that the FOMO's demo is a very genuine emotional response, that there will be some serious FOMO action happening when people listen to these episodes. And so, if you don't want to experience the FOMO's, because there are only six spots remaining (laughs) for this trip, uh, do yourself a favor, as Molly Meldrum would say, head on over to 100notout.com. It's 100notout.com. Check out what all the commotion is about. 10 days on the island where people forget to die, June 25 to July 4 next year, led by Damien and myself. Check it out, the 100 Not Out Longevity Experience in Ikaria. Now, Damo, 
I say you're anything <laughs> but obese. Uh, yes, true. There's a bit, bit of a problem. At the moment. I think I put on one or two kilos over the winter. But, well, you, uh, you would do definitely that. Definitely not obese. <gasps> yeah. This is the first time we've recorded since you won the premiership. Yes. Oh, we're from Tigerland. Oh, bump, 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 fighting fury. We're from Tigerland. Oh, bump, 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 in any weather. You will see us with a grin. Hey, it's King Hand and Chin. Hey, if we're behind, well, never mind. We'll fight and fight and we know we're from Tigerland. And then, and then, until the final siren's gone. Like the tigers of old. We're strong and we're bold. Oh, we're from Tiger. Yellow and black. Oh, we're from Tigerland. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. Ah, so great. Congratulations. Oh, out. Thanks, mate. Uh, you know, I did a podcast um, last week with, you know, you and I did a podcast with Ant- um, with uh, Daniel Angelini. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. And so uh, Brett and I did a podcast with him as well. And uh, a little bit longer one, went into some extra detail. It was actually quite a good podcast, PC. Um, not the same sort of enthusiasm and excitement that you and I have, but it was, it was goody. Uh, but Brett tipped that Adelaide would win by 40 points. Brett Hill? Yeah. Ugh. So I tell you what, I made him eat humble pie. Absolutely. We won. Absolutely. Now, points. you and I could talk. We, wow. we could almost start our own footy podcast, I reckon, you and I. But um, <laughs> we're probably more on the longevity front. And uh, one thing yeah. that is that is it is stuffing longevity up more than anything is obesity. And mm. there's been a whole new conversation around obesity, uh, particularly in Australia, um, over the last two to three weeks. Um, but the problem is that obesity, it's not only causing 40% of cancer, it's not only causing 44% of diabetes, it is smashing through the projections that even the World Health Organization are predicting. They predicted that by 2030, there would be 2 billion people overweight and 1 billion people obese. And we managed to do that in 2014. That is how disgusting obesity has become in this world. We are fast-tracking the, proje- the projections of overweight and obese human beings, and there's a suggestion that a sugar tax might fix the problem. I don't know about you, Damo, but it just seems farcical. Ah, oh, it's a fuss. It's fast. It's ridiculous. And there's a whole bunch of people banging up, you know, jumping up and down, banging on their lecterns, saying you've got to tax people for putting on weight and getting fat. That's not the answer. The answer doesn't lie in taxing people more. We're already well taxed in Australia. Uh, we're well taxed around the world. And it's it's not the fault of the government uh, that people are putting on weight. I've got to tell you that. It's not that they're not doing enough. Um, oh, look, there's certainly more that the government could be doing. Definitely, but... But you mean no make, one can blame the government for being overweight or obese? We can't... You can't... I can't point the finger. somebody else for... No, not for what goes in your mouth. Damn. Not, not, not these days, not with all of the information that's out there that can assist you. Now, there'll be some people that'll be a little bit resistant to losing some kilos, but it's not anybody else's fault other than the person putting the food in their mouth. Now, here's the thing. If you make the shitty food or the bad food, sorry, if you make the bad food more expensive, it means that the people who are eating the bad food start to have less money. Does that mean it's going to make them make better choices? They're not going to earn any more money by taxing them anymore. That's ridiculous. What a stupid idea. And then what we should be doing is making the better food more affordable. So quit with increasing the freaking cost of manufacturing good quality food like increasing the cost of 
of bags because we've got labels of origin and um, health star ratings and all kinds of bloody cack on, on the bags so that people can work out whether or not something's healthy. If people can't look at a packet and go, oh, that's actually healthy, then the problem lies in the education, not in the amount of tax that's actually on the food. And the more we try and put more labels on the food and more advertisements on the food to show people what's actually good for them or healthy, the more expensive it makes healthy food because the crappy food is always going to – everyone knows it's bad for them and they still choose it because it's cheaper. So we've got to make the, the, the better food more affordable as opposed to making the bad food more expensive. There is a, there's a social media quote card right there, Damo. Don't make bad food more expensive. Make better food more affordable. Bang. Mm. You Doesn't are make sense, the right? wise one, the sage. All right, I've got I've got a couple of uh, radical suggestions for you, Damo. Yep. This is what I would do if I was prime minister. It's probably why I'll never be prime minister. Um, <laughs> lap band surgeries, um, heart surgeries, um, mm-hmm. a lot of these major surgeries that are associated with obesity uh, are essentially free of charge. You walk in. You show them your little green card and it's free of charge. If I was Prime Minister, I would not give uh, an obese or overweight person that has created this life and lifestyle and this health challenge through their own actions, I would not give them a free ride to a major, major shortcut without changing any habits. I'm not going, well, here you go. Here's your free lap band surgery or here's your free heart surgery because of all the quarter pounders you've stuffed up your gob. Instead, mm-hmm. if you want to do it, you must pay for it yourself. It's going to cost you 20 grand. Yes, we can get you on a payment plan if that's really what you want, but I'd almost be just as likely to not even give a payment plan option because the other option that you can do is you can take this health program, which is covered by that little green card that you have, We'll set you yep. up with a naturopath, a chiropractor, a dietitian, whatever you want to call it, doesn't matter. But we'll set you up with some accountability and responsibility and a peer group that expects an incredible amount from you, not just make it easy for you to hand over your green card and get a free piece of surgery. Well, I like that. I think it's a good idea. The thing is that... Um you know, when we look at uh, mental health issues, and I, I would classify obesity as being a mental health issue because people are eating themselves sick, and uh, and and we we see that with um, anorexia in the reverse, or um, uh, bulimia in the reverse, uh, orthorexia, which is you know obviously another mental health issue, depression. These are all issues that um, we just can't single out people and go, well, you've got that, so we're not going to help you out. It, there's definitely a problem, obesity. Is a is a is a health problem, uh, but it's a chronic uh, disease. It's not just something that's an acute phase of your life and it's just going to, you know, blow over. It starts at a young age and it starts with education, but it also starts with affordability. And and we we do have to agree to some extent on what food standards are going to be. Um, you know, to continue to push the food industry groups. Um, you know, businesses in around McDonald's and KFC and Subway, uh, you know, to say that Subway is a healthier version is kind of a little bit deceiving. Um, And then to suggest that sugar-laden cereals are, you know, a good approach to, you know, feeding breakfast for children and white bread because it's got invisible fiber is appropriate. All of these sorts of advertising, um, you know, motives by the food industry group, I think is that's where we've got to start. That's, that's where, that's part of it. But the education, we have to be able to agree that fruit and vegetables 
are the primary source of your carbohydrate fuels. And for as, as long as the dietitians continue to sprout on and say that fruit and vegetables aren't carbohydrates, for as long as they continue to do that rubbish and keep on saying things like that, we're going to have people so confused that they just go, I'm just going to go the easy option. I'll have somebody else make my meal for me. And they're going to go and buy a burger or get some chips. Now, it you know there's been such a strong campaign we've made cigarettes almost unaffordable for people to purchase but people still oh, even who don't earn it. a lot of money but okay. people don't earn a lot of money in some you know in some socioeconomic groups they're still smoking i don't know why people would still smoke but they're still smoking taxing stuff doesn't necessarily change it or alter the problem yesterday i was sitting at a cafe with amber we're just sitting there you know in the evening with you know jackson um, and then now, because you can't smoke within 10 meters of a, a food eater area, people go 10 meters away, but there's still freaking wind. So we're still getting the smell of the smoke. It's still happening. You've either got to go and just ban it or, you know, just don't, don't make it soft. It's got to be banned or you, you've got to, you know, put up with the consequences. We can't go and ban sugar, but let's look at Ikaria, for example. Let's look at the cultures that live a long time. They've learned how to use food, and that's what we don't do. We don't do cooking in schools anymore. We don't do proper food education. We're still using a version of, the, of a, a food pyramid, which is rubbish. We've got some real issues with education and then affordability. They're our issues. It's We don't want to add another tax. We've got to make it easier for people to get access to it. Like an avocado, I saw the other day, avocados are rock hard. I could have built a house with them. They're three bucks each. <laughs> like three bucks each for a freaking avocado, right? You can go down to Macca's and get three burgers for $3. Why would people buy an avocado if they can get three burgers for three bucks? You'd be happy to know, and this would hopefully warm your heart, I bought a bucket of avocados at the uh, New mm-hmm. Brighton farmer's market thanks to Kate yeah. uh, six bucks yeah see that's so, what it should be and that's because it's a it farmer's be. market straight from the land straight down to the market no yep. you know profit chain so to speak and um, it can be done that's the thing I think a lot of people are going oh it just can't be done it can be done we are such an educated country with so many incredible health professionals like you said Damo the, the mental side of things like a psychologist or some form of mental health is not being dealt with it's all a do 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 which was going to be my question for you you look at programs like The Biggest Loser it was all very much focused on doing probably definitely not enough focus on behaving as in mental behavior, emotional behavior. So you see a large chunk of those contestants fall off the wagon when they go back into their normal environment, their normal thought patterns, and then also their normal um, uh, peer group community and the rest. Um, Do you think it's possible that this kind of comprehensive change can happen or do you think it's nothing more than a pipe dream? Uh. Uh, look, I, I don't know if it's because I'm getting a bit old and I'm becoming cynical, but uh, at the ripe old age of 43 years old, I, I start to lose a little bit of faith in the system that's supposed to protect us and, and give us a great country. Now, we've definitely got some amazing things in this country, but we've got so much legislation about stupid little things that just don't really matter too much. Um, and we can't even teach our kids how to eat. We've spent all this money on Gomsky reforms and how we're going to fund schools and all that sort of stuff. We're banging on about spending a couple of million dollars there, a couple of million dollars there. Um, we spent $112 million, $122 million on freaking vote um, to see whether or not people should be able to marry each other. And, and at the end of the day, everyone should be able to fall in love and marry someone. Like It's, it's ridiculous. So why are we spending $122 million on that? Why do we spend $122 million 
on teaching people how to eat well. How to cook. And then making food affordable. That'll be better. And, and you know, I know we've got great shows like, you know, uh, MasterChef inspires people to go cook, but that's not healthy cooking. We haven't got Jamie Oliver on our televisions, you know, banging down the ratings door at the moment because we've got all these other master chefs, you know, and people saying that their kitchen rules, all this sort of stuff, cooking up all this fancy food made with sugar and different oils and frying stuff and just to present something that looks really good because we're so addicted to the look of stuff, hence Instagram, et cetera, et cetera. But we're not teaching people how to eat beautiful, healthy food, and that's what we've got to be doing. Yesterday I had lunch with my team and we went down to a beautiful place called Holy Bowly. And, um, and we ordered food there, and I love holy bowly. I had myself a smoothie and had myself a, a beautiful bowl of, um, of cauliflower rice and some, and some proteins, and like some um, chicken with some uh, cumin, turmeric, that sort of stuff. It was just amazing, fantastic. But I paid like 26 bucks for it. And, and I think to myself, not everyone could do that at lunchtime. Not everyone could do that. So who can go out and buy – cauliflower and some steamed vegetables with some turmeric chicken and a smoothie and it cost them $26 when they could go down and get $5 meal deal um, down at Macca's where the system is so badly wrong that that it's going to require some significant wholesale changes but we've got to shift where we're spending our money and that's where the government's got to make some hard decisions and I don't think our government's capable of doing it. I honestly believed that our government would be able to do that sort of stuff but I I really don't think that Malcolm Turnbull has a government in place that's actually able to make a tough decision that's actually going to be beneficial for the the country. Well, the concern is that they'll follow other countries that have gone and applied the sugar tax. If you think of them, and I'm, I'm not going to say they're the fattest countries in the world but they're probably up there. Britain, Ireland, Belgium, France, Fiji, Mexico, South Africa, and part of the US have already or are about to apply a sugar tax. Now, with the exceptions of probably Belgium and France, the others, you know, I, I think it's probably... Do, do the Fijians eat heaps of sugar? <laughs> oh. You know, let's look at it. Do the Mexicans? Is it all just about taxing soft drink? Is that what it is? Let's look to the countries that consume the most amount of soft drink and go on, oh, well, that's, they're also going to do a sugar tax, so we'll just look at so them. So we'll do it as well. That's the concern. They'll just copy other countries without really assessing um, it doesn't uh, culture. Work. Is that one that doesn't work? But just all the different cultural shifts. And like you said, um, every country is different, but I think most Australians, uh, and obviously we're saying this as Australians, but I think most Australians would argue we don't need another tax. I think most people would argue that in any country that they live in, mind you. But I also think more importantly, and what you and I have been saying is taxing something is not the answer um, to a health problem. It, it never has been. Mm. I can't imagine that it ever will be. Um right. You know, making things illegal doesn't stop people taking drugs. Um, adding a tax to a, a can of Coke isn't going to stop people having a can of Coke. Yeah. And, you know, it's not going to be a direct tax at the end of the day. Like the tax will be borne by the company that makes it and then the price will go up and profit margins will still be exactly the same. Whether or not the government gets any extra tax to try and pay for all the, uh, the illness that comes of, you know, these particular foods. Who knows where they're going to allocate their money? But you know, when they when you consider that they're you know looking at was eight eight point six billion dollars, um, which is you know the cost of obesity in Australia, I, it's a lot of tax. It's a lot of tax to be you know applied and then collected and then used appropriately. Just because it's eight point six billion dollars now doesn't mean it's not going to be eighteen point six billion dollars in mm-hmm. five years.
I don't think people have a concept. I think it's very difficult for any of us to have a concept of how much 8.6 billion is. We just throw the numbers around. But, you know, the difference between a million and a billion is astronomical. I mean, there's just so, you know, $1,001 million to make up $1 billion, and then we're talking $8 billion. It's just... Isn't it a million million? It's a million million. Is that what it is? Or is it... No, yeah, it's a thousand million. A, so, you've got to add... A thousand million is really yeah. oh, yeah. So, thousand you just million? consider right. how much money that really is. Like, that's even yeah. difficult to consider that, how much money that really is. In one country, in one country, one very small country in the world, and most people, as you said at the beginning, are going to want to point the finger to a government or some health agency or whatever. The only finger we can be pointing at is, is to ourselves. It's the only finger. Yeah. And that's the only way to bring down the numbers, to halve those numbers. You can reduce those numbers. I mean, I'm sure, Damo, if there was a number of inspired people out there willing to help all of these people and the people that were obese, overweight and had had enough knew where to go, um, those numbers would reduce. But we don't have the setup at the moment to do it, you know. You got practitioners um, f- uh, all over the place, like in terms of geographically. There's nothing. Yeah. There's integrative centers. You know, you look at so for example, you look at your setup at Vita. You've got a chiropractor. Uh, you're a naturopath, nutritionist. You've got a level of holistic services there. Are you doing yoga yeah. there yet? Just about. Just, just about, about to start. do yoga. Um, yep. A level of holistic services, which which means that the philosophy is well-rounded. But so many people are going to one practitioner, getting one answer and making a decision based on that. You need to go yeah. and have surgery or whatever it is. It, it, it breaks down straight there and then all of a sudden you're adding to the 8.6. It just... The problem doesn't seem that difficult to solve on a logical level. It's the implementation of the problem that's the challenge, and that's because we've 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 let it get out of hand. It's become too big. Well, I think there's part of that, but you know, political medicine is very very powerful, and I'm not, I'm not going to get on a soapbox about that at this point in time. It's not worth it. But let's look at um, some of the greatest environmental advocates that we ever had in our time, um, Peter Garrett. Let's have a look at him, for example. You know, if you look at Midnight Oil. Uh, and the songs that they put out and the things that they, the rallies that they managed to, you know, get going, particularly in around the Exxon Mobil uh, or the Exxon Oil, what was it, um, spill, uh, and the disaster that occurred. And, you know, they started a concert out the front of the Exxon and, and, and then rallied all those people. And, uh, you know, Peter Garrett had great uh, certainty in around what could be done for the environment, how to protect it. And then he became the environment minister in Australia. Um, and got nowhere, got absolutely nowhere. In fact, all of his policies and all of the things that he tried to implement just fell by the wayside, even to the extent that one of the things that he did do had significant environmental impact um, to the extent that he ended up resigning from politics because he couldn't do it. So maybe here's the thing. Maybe our government is unable to make decisions because there's so much agenda in and behind and around it. And so this is maybe all just a pipe dream. If you think about it, I look at the people that um, that are pushing for a sugar tax. It's the Obesity Policy Coalition, the Cancer Council, and the Heart Foundation. Now, I, you know, I don't want to be facetious or be cynical about this but are we just deflecting the cause of these diseases to just another thing because the heart foundation used to say it was all about fat and now they're going oh well maybe we should take sugar and the cancer council have always said that food's got nothing to do with it um so are they now just going oh well maybe food does have something to do with it yeah let's tax sugar and from an obesity policy coalition 
you know, a policy decision just to whack another tax on just seems like a short, you know, a short lead rather than actually a real policy, you know, really should go in around education and changing the guard of who looks after nutrition policy in Australia because it shouldn't be the dietitians, not the way they're educated. Wow. Oh, you've finished up with a curly one, Damo. You've finished mm. up with a curly one. There's plenty of mm. food for thought in this episode of 100 Not Out. As always, great man, thanks for your honesty. Thanks for your wisdom. Thanks for your insights. And um, for more information on the great man, go to damienchristoff.com. Um, for myself, go to marcuspierce.com.au. Check us out at ikaria100notout.com. And we would love your feedback on this episode. You can do that over at thewellnesscouch.com forward slash 100 not out if you feel inclined we would love a five star rating in the itunes store that spreads the 100 not out message with the entire globe and until next week thanks for your support and continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life we hope you enjoyed this edition of 100 not out now if you love this episode and you love longevity then you are invited to join damien and i at our 2018 longevity experience on the greek island of Ikaria. This is a nine-night, ten-day, all-inclusive immersion based at Thayer's Inn and Restaurant, TripAdvisor's number one place to be in Ikaria. Together, we'll be living the Icarian lifestyle, eating, moving, dancing, socializing, learning, and a whole lot more. This is a lifestyle that has 80% less dementia, 50% less cancer, 20% less heart disease, and the highest count of centenarians per capita in the world. They don't call it the island where people forget to die for nothing. To find out more and to apply, go to www.100notout.com. Applications are processed on a first-in, first-served basis, so even if you aren't 100% sure, your best bet is to fill out the application form. It is completely free to apply and only takes two minutes. We would love to have you there, so head over to 100notout.com for all the info. Until next week, thanks again for your support and may the rest of your life be the best of your life. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.